Hey guys, welcome back to the EDH Elites podcast, the podcast where we take you from being a chump EDH player to an elite one. In today's episode, I'm giving you my personal coin inerrant meddler deck tech. It's all about meddling with your opponent and being that blue eye control player who just won't let anybody win. If you're all about making sure your opponents have the worst time possible, this deck tech is for you. And even if you're not, continue listening because you might find some ways that you can beat it. Hey guys, quick disclaimer before I actually jump into the deck tech. I do want to say that this deck is a very hate bear deck. Some people might even call it like a stack deck because it really adds time onto the game. So don't bring this out on every single match because no one wants to play a three hour game every time and it can just kind of get really annoying because you really can shut down a lot of people's strategies just by kind of playing this out. So, without further ado, into the deck tech, list is in the description. Our deck starts out with our commander, of course, Quain Inerit Meddler. He is a legendary rabbit wizard for a white and a blue, and has tap. Each player may draw a card, and each player who drew a card this way gains one life. So, you kind of can almost fool your opponents when you bring this up to the table, say, hey, we're all going to be all group huggy. I'm going to give everybody cards. We're all going to gain life. I mean, look at my commander. It's literally a rabbit wizard and a 1-3. What's threatening about a rabbit? And then you can just start laying down enchantments and being all, ha, 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 you can't do anything to your opponents. But that is just our commander. We have many more unpleasant things for our opponents. The first category being... Ha ha, your elephant is a frog. With, of course, starting out with Frogify. It's an enchantment aura for one and a blue. It has enchant creature, and enchanted creature loses all abilities, and is a blue frog with creature with base power and toughness 1-1. One, one. So this could turn any creature some huge 11-11 with trample, vigilance, haste, blah blah blah, and just a 1-1 one, one frog. Now, this does not get rid of any plus one, plus one counters. So I wouldn't put this on a Hydra because most Hydras start out at zero, zero. So all those plus one, plus one counters are going to be there. And you're basically just going to give them an extra mana. But you could play this on someone's Elder Gargaroth or their Emrakul and just be a complete and utter bot and be like, haha, your Emrakul's a frog. And yeah, then we have... Kesmina's Transmission, which is basically the same thing, except it doesn't turn it into a frog. Reprobation, which is enchantment aura for one in the white. Enchant creature, enchanted creature loses all abilities and is a coward with base power and toughness 01. So that will just basically make whatever creature just a goat, because it's an 01. And then Ithiomorphosis, which is the exact same thing except it's two and a blue, and it's also a blue fish. So that is our first section. The next section I call the Jack of all trades section. Here we have open the armony for one and a white. It's a sorcery. Search your library for an aura or an equipment card, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. So basically for one and the blue, you just get any aura or equipment from your deck right into your hand. So this is really good for this deck because we have a lot of aura and equipment 
place on creatures to exile them or make them tapped like eternally or make it so they can't attack or block. So you can go find whatever you really need for the situation and just go grab it and then be Gucci with it. And then the other card in this category is Heliod's Pilgrim. It's a human cleric for two and white. And it has when Heliod's Pilgrim enters the battlefield, you may search your library for an aura card, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library, and it's a one-two. So it's basically um, an open the armory, but it only works for auras. And you do get a creature off of it, which if you're going to search up for in any other deck, something that boosts your creature, boom, you get a creature for it. But not in this deck. So our next category just includes one card. It is one of our combo categories. It's Narset, Parter of the Veils. It's a legendary planeswalker, Narset, for one blue blue. It has each opponent can't draw more than one card each turn. So if your opponent is playing a cycling deck, well, now they're just paying mana to discard a card. Boohoo them. And it also has, look at the top four cards of your library. You may reveal a non-creature, non-land card from among them. Put it into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. And that is her minus two. And she starts out at five loyalty. So what you can do is if you don't like that a certain opponent and because he's like hitting you or destroying your enchantments, you just wait till his turn and then be like, hey, guess what? Everybody draws a card. And then everybody who draws a card gains. Oh, sorry. You don't get to draw another card because you already drew on this turn. Sorry, man. That's just how the card works. So yeah, you can be kind of douche and do that. And then another one of our combo categories is rule of law. Each player can't cast more than one spell each turn. So then you can save your counters and your um, auras and equipment stuff for all that so that each player just puts one creature or maybe not even a creature onto the battlefield. And then you can just immediately slap something on that if you have something with flash or on your turn you can just slap something on that because yeah but it makes for a lot slower pace to the game which this deck really really likes our next category i call defend your army it's just all the creatures with defender our first one is stalwart shield bearers it's a human soldier for one in a white it's an o3 has Defender, and other creatures you control with Defender get plus O, plus 2. This is really nice because it's just going to give all our other Defenders a way better chance at surviving. Then we have Riptide Turtle, for 1 and a blue. Um, it's a turtle. Flash, Defender, O5. So with that, it's an O7, but you get a nice Flash Blocker. Wall of Ruins, when it enters the battlefield, Scry 1. It's a wall for a blue, and it's an O4. And then Fortified Rampart. It's a wall for one in a white. It has defender and it's an 06. And those are pretty good in case there is a creature that does get out of your reach for a turn or two. You do have blockers that can block you. And our next combo slot combos with all of those creatures, which is high alert. Each creature you control assigns combat damage equal to its toughness rather than its power. And creatures you control attack as though they didn't have Defender. And then it has two white-blue untapped target creature. I should have said this before, but it's enchantment for one white-blue. This is really good with 
all of our cards because it allows all of our defender creatures to just attack and it will allow our 0-6s to basically be 6-6s. Six so Fortified Rampart becomes a 6-6 six, six for 2. Riptide Turtle becomes a 5-5 five, five with Flash for 2 mana. Stalwart Shieldbearers becomes a 3-3 three, three for 2, but it gives all your other creatures plus 2 plus 2. Well, not all your other creatures, but I mean most of the creatures in this deck are in fact defenders. So most of your creatures plus 2 plus 2. Our commander becomes a 3-3 instead of a 1-3, which is really nice. And that's kind of all it does. But that is super helpful in this deck because you just get to smack people with some nice 6-6s six for 2 mana. And if you do have the mana, which in this deck, you will probably have the mana available to just say untap coin, boom, 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 boom. And then... If you have Narset out, that helps you even more because then only you get those extra draws from Queen, and then you get a bunch of life. Our next card is Palace Sentinels. When Palace Sentinels enters the battlefield, you become the Monarch. It's a human soldier for three and a white. It's a two four, but this card is really nice because it allows us to have the Monarch. In this deck, you probably won't get attacked much, and if you do, it's not going through. So Palace Sentinels is really nice because it basically just says, draw an extra card each turn. If you don't know what the Monarch is, I'll explain it to you right now. Basically, if you have the Monarch, then you draw a card at your end step. And then a player can get the Monarch by attacking and dealing combat damage with a creature to the person who is the Monarch. And then they become the Monarch. It's really fun and it allows for quicker games, but in this case... Not at all. Our next category is Exile Away All Your Problems. With our first card, Aligned Hedron Network. It's an artifact for four. When Aligned Hedron Network enters the battlefield, exile all creatures with power five or greater until Aligned Hedron Network leaves the battlefield. So, does your opponent play green? Do they have a lot of really big creatures that really scare you? For four mana, hey! You don't have those creatures anymore. Ha ha. You can go suck on an egg because you just lost the game. Ha ha ha. And then we have Journey to Oblivion. It's an enchantment for four and a white. It has, when Journey to Oblivion enters the battlefield, exile target non-land permanent and an, an opponent controls until Journey into Oblivion leaves the battlefield. And it also has, this spell costs one less to cast for each creature in your party. Which, if you didn't know, is you can have one uh, up to one of each, Cleric, Rogue, Warrior, and Wizard. So, if you have all four of those guys in your on the battlefield, under your control, it basically just is one white, exile a non-land permanent of your opponents. Which is really, really nice. But, this deck, you won't really get that added benefit. It's just a nice exile effect. Then, Banishing Light. It's an enchantment for two and a white, and it has, when Banishing Light enters the battlefield, exile target non-land permanent an opponent controls until Banishing Light leaves the battlefield. So, this is really fun because it's basically a journey to Oblivion, but it costs two less to cast. And that's mainly because Journey to Oblivion has the benefit of the potential to knock down some of its price. 
but you're probably not going to do that again in this deck. So Banishing Light is always just going to be better. And then we also have Thopter Arrest. It's an enchantment for two and a white. May sound familiar. And when Thopter Arrest enters the battlefield, exile target artifact or creature in opponent controls until Thopter Arrest leaves the battlefield. So it's a lot like Journey into Oblivion where you're exiling a card and Banishing Light where you're exiling a card. But Thopter Arrest only does it to artifacts and creatures. So Banishing Light is still better. Then next up we have Stasis Snare. It's an enchantment for one white white. It has flash and when Stasis Snare enters the battlefield, exile target creature in opponent controls until Stasis Snare leaves the battlefield. This is really nice because it's a lot like Thopter Rest, but it has flash so you can play it on any turn. And there are some cards in here that could make this a lot cheaper and just be one white or just white white. It's really nice and just a nice jack of all trades in this deck. And next up we have Isolation Zone, an enchantment for two white white. When Isolation Zone enters the battlefield, exile target creature or enchantment in opponent controls until Isolation Zone leaves the battlefield. So kind of like Thopter Rest except it costs one more and it can exile enchantments instead of artifacts. And Exiling is really nice, a lot better than just tapping or making it so it can't attack or block because you do get that benefit of it doesn't even count as a creature on the battlefield, which in some decks can make you have the advantage. Hey guys, now that we're back from our quick break, let's get right back into it. With our next category, Exile Your Own Problems Away, which is Soul Herder. It's a spirit for one white blue, and it has whenever a creature is exiled from the battlefield, put a plus one plus one counter on Soul Herder. It kind of combos with all of our last cards because if you exile creatures with them, this guy will get bigger. But this guy also has at the beginning of your end step, you may exile another target creature you control, then return that card to the battlefield under its owner's control. So you can start blinking your own stuff, maybe drawing some cards, or scrying from Wall of Ruins, or just generally making it so you can have coin untapped for the next time around the table. But it's just really fun and can get you into situations where it's the only creature on the board that can actually attack, and it's also super huge. I don't get why it doesn't have flying because it's a spirit, but that might be really powerful for what it is. So it's just there. And now on to our next section, which is hate enchantments. We have revoke existence, which is a sorcery for one in the white. And it says exile target artifact or enchantment. This we're going to use to just lock away our opponent's enchantments. And it has the added benefit of it just stays exiled. Unlike all of the last exiling cards which exile it until that enchantment leaves the battlefield but enchantment removal is a little hard to come by in some colors so that is still pretty safe but this is just a little safer and next we have curse break an instant for one in a white and it has destroy target enchantment and then you gain two life so that's just destroying and only for enchantments but you do get the two life from it. So good for you. And now 
our next category will be tapping down those creatures. In this category, first up, we have Encrust. Enchant target artifact or creature. Enchanted permanent doesn't untap during its controller's untap step, and its activated abilities can't be activated. It's an enchantment aura for one blue blue. This card pretty much sums up our entire deck, making sure that those creatures can't attack because they're constantly tapped, and making sure that they can't activate their abilities. This is one of the best cards in this deck, and it's probably my favorite card just by the art, which is a sad robot that's all rustied over. Our next card in this category is Claustrophobia, a card many of you may know because it got to you in a few situations in the past. It's a little bit of an old card coming from 2013, but it is still a good card. And it is an enchantment aura for one blue blue enchant creature. When claustrophobia enters the battlefield, tap enchanted creature. Enchanted creature doesn't untap during its controller's untap step. That's an amazingly good card, and it will always have a place in my heart, even if some better stuff like Charm Sleep came around to just crap all over this guy and make us forget about him. Because claustrophobics are more important than dragons. Always remember that. But on to our next card and last card in this category. Capture Sphere, it's an enchantment aura for three and a blue. It has Flash, so you can cast it anytime. You could cast an instant. Enchant Creature, and when Capture Sphere enters the battlefield, tap Enchanted Creature. Enchanted Creature doesn't untap during its control is on tap stab. It's a lot like the last two, but it has Flash, so you can play it whenever. And if we have some of these other cards out, if we're casting spells during our opponent's turn, a, that'll help us out, and B, they can be a lot cheaper. Now, on to our next category, which is Haha, ha, You Can't Attack. Starting out with Dreadful Apathy. It's an enchantment aura for two and a white. Enchant creature. Enchanted creature can't attack or block, and then it has two and a white exile enchanted creature. This is really nice because you can just say, hey, you still have your creature, but it can't attack or block. And then, if you really need to, you can pay the two and a white to just exile the creature away. And that's not until Dreadful Apathy leaves the battlefield or anything, because it does get destroyed once the creature leaves the battlefield. But it is just a nice way to exile it. And you can also just leave it right there. It can't attack or block. No harm done. Next up, we have the all-star of this, Pacifism. One of the first cards to ever do this enchanted creature can't attack or block. It's just very simple. Um, enchantment aura, enchant creature, one in a white, can't enchanted creature can't attack or block. Simple as that. It's an all-star card in this, and it's forever my favorite card in this deck. I know I said that about claustrophobia, but this is my favorite white card in this deck. Nahiri's Binding. It's an enchantment aura for one white white. Enchant creature or planeswalker. Enchanted permanent can't attack or block and its activated abilities can't be activated. This is an amazing card in my perspective because of the enchant planeswalker. You can completely shut down someone's Teferi that's just been drilling you all game and you can shut down 
someone's Jace or someone's Garrick or someone's Liliana or someone's whoever overpowered Planeswalker that they happen to be playing in this exact max. Someone's Oko. No more exiling my creatures or turning them into Elk. I can't remember. I never got to play against him because he got banned. But not in Commander. So go ahead and shove your enchantments on Oko. But it's really nice because then the Planeswalker just can't do anything. And hey, it's all fun and games until the stupid Teferi starts exiling all of your lands. Then, hats off, get rid of Teferi. Next up, we have Luminate, Luminous Bonds. It's an enchantment aura for two and a white. Enchant creature, enchanted creature can't attack or block. It's a little bit of a worse pacifism, but you do want a lot of these effects in here. So some of them are just generally going to be a little bit worse than others. So if you are searching up for an aura and you want uh, can't attack or block, search up pacifism over luminous bonds, unless you already have it out, in which case search up luminous bonds or search up one of the other three mana ones. But it's just kind of there because that's a last resort or just because you top decked it and you need to take care of something. It's there and we need as many of these effects as possible. Our next category is destroy all dem creatures. First up, we have farm, a classic spell from Hour of Devastation. Destroy target attacking or blocking creature as an instant for two and a white. And then it has a flip side of market, a sorcery for two and a blue. Aftermath, cast a spell only from your graveyard and then exile it. Draw two cards, then discard two cards. It's a great card because you can still get uses out of it after you've used it, and you destroy their attacking creature or their creature that happens to be blocking your 6-6 off of high alert, and then you get the benefit of looting twice. Our next card is Condemn, an instant for a white. Put target attacking creature on the bottom of its owner's library. Its controller gains life to his toughness. Wow. That is one of the best effects that I can think of for this deck. Just one white, someone's attacking creature that you weren't able to put something on, just goes straight to the bottom of their library. No getting back from exile shenanigans with Eldrazi. No dumping it from your graveyard. No removing the enchantment so it's back. It's just straight to the bottom of your library. If you don't have a tutor in your deck, good luck seeing that this game. It's just the all-around best one for this category. And then, hard to follow this one up, but the next card is Skywheeler Shot. An instant for two and a white. Destroy target creature with power three or greater, scry one. It's really great because a lot of stuff says destroy target creature with power four or greater, but this one says power three or greater, it hits those smaller guys. And you also get to scry one, so you can see, do I have this card? What do I need? Is it a land? Throw it to the bottom because heck lands, we don't need them. And then the last card in this category is Triumphant Surge at three and a white. For instant, destroy target creature with power four or greater, you gain three life. This is nice because while it is more expensive than Skywheeler Shot and does say power four or greater, which is considered a big creature in magic, you do get to gain three life, which is really nice because it can bring you back from having one life and being super vulnerable 
to having four life and being pretty safe. It's an all-around great card, even though there are some better ones. Our next category is Counter You Away, with a whole lot of counter spells. I should just start listing them off, but I'll just go through a few of them so that people who don't know some of these card names know what they do. Negate, instant for one in the blue, counter target non-creature spell. This is amazingly good because you just hold up the two islands and everybody knows, oh, that guy's got a counter spell in hand. And then it's not a creature because we can deal with all those. So we need those non-creatures, those instants and sorceries, those cr crappy pesky enchantments, all of those artifacts, gone, gone, gone. That pesky Teferi who exiles all of your lands so that you can't play the game negated because no one wants to play the mirror match in this game. The next card is Dovin's Veto. Instant for white and a blue. This spell can't be countered. Counter target non-creature spell. It's a negate, but you have to have the white in there and it can't be countered. So you can just counter that Teferi and the Teferi can't do anything about it. Frick you Teferi because no one likes you. Next up, we have Power Sync. It is an instant for X and a blue. Counter target spell unless its controller pays an additional X. If he or she does not, tap all lands that player controls and remove all mana from his or her mana pool. This is a really old card coming all the way back from Urga's, <laughs> Urga's, Urza's Legacy. It is so old that I've actually had to look up the modern translation-ish for this card because it uses a, a lot of old terms that wouldn't really make sense with a lot of the other cards. But it's really great because if someone taps out to play a spell, you can, for two mana and any spell, two mana, better than a counter spell because you can do general mana on the X, just counter it. And then um, they can have to tap all their mana producing lands, which is what it says, which isn't the correct terminology because I'm just reading off the card. But they tap all their lands, move all the mana for their mana pool if they can't pay it, which if you just, they tap out and play something and you just counter it, then they obviously have all their lands tapped. So the second part doesn't matter. But if someone spent a whole lot of mana on something or they just got mana screwed the entire game and are trying to play just one little thing, you can just counter it away for more than the lands they have and then they just lose all their lands and you can laugh at them because they're behind. And then give them a quick hug because no one wants to be that player. And then our last card in this category, but not our last counter spell, because there's quite a few in here, is didn't say please. It's an instant for one blue blue counter target spell. Its controller puts the top three cards of their library into the graveyard, which that's mill. And I believe they do now just say mill blank how many, however many cards. So counter target spell, its controller mills three. It's really nice because you do get that added benefit of say they had a Teferi on top of their library or they had um, Garuk's Horde out and you can see directly what's on top of the library. I don't want that. So instead of using my cancel, I'm going to use my didn't say please and get rid of it. Or 
just use your didn't say please instead of your cancel any day because you do have that one chance of throwing a combo piece directly into their graveyard where they won't see it again unless they're playing graveyard regeneration but who does that it's also really fun to have your opponent play something and then you say ask me if it resolves does it resolve well no because you didn't say please sorry bud say please next time and it might resolve and then you have the rhystic study thing of them always saying please 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 and then you just can say no 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 it's like rhystic study do you pay the one do you pay the one do you pay the one please 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 no same answer as rhystic study but up to our next category is enchantment creatures because I didn't have a better name for it. But first up is Kalefe, Beloved of the Sea, a legendary enchantment creature demigod for one blue blue. Kalefe's power is equal to your devotion to blue, which is the amount of blue pips in each um, enchantment, planeswalker, creature, or artifact you control, because I believe that's all the permanent types. And that's your devotion to blue. And then that's her power, which is really nice because if you have all of your enchantments just on the board, you just have that one really, really big, like 7-3 that you swing in and hit someone with. And then she also has creatures and enchantments you control. How? Spells your opponent's cast that target this permanent cost one more to cast. Now, don't be mistaken just because the words on this card are on this card. It says creatures and enchantments you're you control have. So they all gain that. It's not just Kalefe. So all your creatures and enchantments cost one more to be destroyed or exiled. So your opponents are going to have a lot harder time getting rid of all your enchantments, which is really, really nice. And then our last card in this category is Naiad, Naiad, N-A-I-A-D, of Hidden Coves. It's an enchantment creature, Nymph, for two and a blue. It has, as long as it's your turn, spells you cast, cause one less to cast. So, on any other player's turn, if you've got some flash card like Capture Sphere, or just a nice Triumphant Surge, they all get minus one off of their mana total. Now, it is only general mana, so if you only have something like Wall of Ruins, which you can actually play at flash speed. Let's say you could, it wouldn't actually let you play it for free because it's only the general mana, the mana with the number on it, and not any colored mana or colorless mana. But it's still an amazingly great thing because it makes your Riptide Turtle only cost one blue and you can play it whenever you want. An all-star card in this. Our next category is Wraths, the infamous cards that wreak total destruction on the entire board. Now, I don't have enough money to even think about putting an Armageddon in this, but I might if I were a lot meaner. But don't put Armageddons in your deck because everybody will hate you because no one likes mass land destruction. Only cards in red that cost like five mana and only destroy one land, and also have the benefit of or artifact. 
those are kind of okay, but no Armageddon's people. That's just mean. But first up, we have the classic Wrath of God. The first ever Wrath, the sorcery for two white white. Destroy all creatures that cannot be regenerated. And I have the cool Double Masters promo one, so it's just a laser coming down from the sky, and it looks pretty awesome. And when you do it, hey, you know all those creatures that you couldn't get to because you weren't drawing all your enchantments? Well, they're all gone. They're taken care of. All their controllers are screaming angrily at you because you destroyed all their Elder Gargaross. Have fun getting out of there. And then our next card is Ondu Inversion. For six white-white, a sorcery, destroy all non-land permanents. And then it's one of the MDFCs from Zendikar Rising. So it also flips over into Ondu Sky Ruins. A land enters tapped, and you can basically tap it as a planes. But this is a little bit better than Wrath of God, because it's destroy all non-land permanents. So unlike Wrath of God, which is only creatures... This includes artifacts, enchantments, planeswalkers, get rid of that Teferi, but it does come at a hefty price of 8 total mana, so a lot more than a Wrath of God, but also a lot more powerful. Our next cards in this are ramp cards. We only have two of them because it's blue-white. How are you going to ramp in this deck? Marble Diamond, which is... Marble Diamond enters tapped, and then you can tap it to add a white. And then I couldn't actually find it in the deck. I think I might have accidentally thrown it into my binder. But basically, the Sky Diamond, I believe it is, which is the same thing, except it taps for blue instead. And then our final um, category is no more creatures on that battlefield. A little different than the Wrath section because these are unsummon effects. And starting it off with unsummon. Instant for one blue, return target creature to its owner's hand. Next up, Dramatic Rescue. Instant for white blue, return target creature to its owner's hand, you gain two life. And then Curfew. An instant for blue, each player chooses a creature he or she controls and returns it to their owner's hand. Then Disperse, one in a blue, return target non-land permanent to its owner's hand. And then lastly, String and Fist Appearances, an instant for a blue. It has return target creature to its owner's hand. That, per that person player may pay blue, blue. If they do, they may return target creature to its owner's hand. And then it has copy it and blah, blah, blah. And basically makes it so that as long as people keep paying the blue blue, you can keep returning permanents all the way down until it's a huge string of disappearances. It's really funny when you're playing all blue or someone's out of blue, but they have a bunch of treasures, and then you're just able to balance a whole bunch of creatures and just be good with it. A few add-ins. I would add in just if I could, because I did build this on a little bit of a budget i would definitely add in cyclonic rift just because cyclonic rift we all know we've all had it happen where someone resolves the cyclonic rift and then just there's nothing left because it's all in our hands and everybody hates that 
And there's a reason why it's like a $25 card. And if I wasn't building within a budget, I would definitely put it in here. Another one is Teferi Hero of Dominaria. I did say like the whole way through counter spells, counter that Teferi, counter that Teferi, counter that Teferi. But you may as well counter their Teferi to play your own Teferi. And if you can protect it, which in this deck you probably can, get him up to that 8 and just completely zero him right as soon as you can. And then just be a complete douche the whole rest of the game and exile everybody's everything, exile all their lands, make it impossible for them to win because they can't play anything because Teferi just exiles it whenever you draw a card. And with Quain, you're going to be drawing a lot more cards than usual, so it's really fun. But again, $20 card doesn't fit within the budget. Another one would be just more Wraths. Any Wrath you can fit in here with white and blue. Throw it in here. It works. And then lastly, I would just put in the actual counterspell because who doesn't love just the actual counterspell? One of the reasons I didn't put it in here is because I don't actually have myself a counterspell. I need to go just spend a whole bunch of money, buy a bunch, but it would be a really great ad. Thanks for listening, and I will catch you all later. Hey guys, quick little disclaimer before the end of the video. I didn't actually show you all the cards in this deck because I didn't really want to fit that all into one episode, but I do have the entire deck list right down in the description. So go hit that link. It'll take you to a document that has all the card names listed out, and then you can go search up what they do for yourself. But yeah, I didn't want to show you all the cards because that'd take a really long time, but hopefully this did A, show you kind of what my deck is. So if you ever play me, no, don't go up against Quain because Quain sucks, but also kind of how white-blue control just works. So thanks to all you who listened, and as always, stay EDH Elite.